Happy Sunday, and thank you for joining me today on this very special episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. Um, Today, we're going to be presenting to you a TJPS special report on how misinformation and social media um, is influencing society around the world. Um, So now, this episode was um, put together a couple of weeks ago, actually, for my journalism class. Um, And I decided to present it and also publish it here on the Jeremiah Patterson Show for all of you to listen to. Uh, So without further ado, I hope you enjoy. Here it is. The way humans used to communicate was by word of mouth, writing things down on leaves, and then came paper. Shortly after that, many became more innovative, which led to the invention of typewriters and computers. Around the 1980s, something called the internet started to gain major attraction. It wasn't long before dial-up internet became a thing as well. And it was very, very loud. By the end of that, it essentially sounded like you just went through a thunderstorm just to get to a Google search. Uh, That painfully high-pitched sound that you just heard there, that was dial-up internet. If there are too many people in your house, neighborhood, or the world, more broadly, online, you just get that loud, agonizing sound while the connection was going through the modem and telephone line. By 1994, things had gotten more advanced and the world was introduced to email. Tonight, the information superhighway and one of its main thoroughfares an online network called Internet. What do President Clinton, conservative radio personality Rush Limbaugh, and rock star Billy Idol have in common? They've all got electronic mail addresses on computer systems linked to the Internet. That was reporting from NBC News in 1994 on the state of the Internet. At first, people didn't even know what this was. You'd hear things like, you've got mail and Yahoo! as new attractions to the information superhighway. As time passed, more and more people started checking this thing out. The Internet became this new, big, famous sensation. I'm Jeremiah Patterson, and this is In The Now. In The Now is a podcast that explores current world events, from technology to voting and what's currently happening in the news. This show will take a multifaceted approach and bring you intriguing guests to share their perspectives. On this episode, I'll be talking about misinformation and social media. It was called Six Degrees, the first major social media platform developed by Andrew Weinrich in 1997. It maintained its popularity until 2003 when Tom Anderson launched MySpace, a huge social networking site to share music, design your profile background, and connect with others. Then in 2004, a 20-year-old Harvard sophomore named Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook. 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 Are you on Facebook yet? If you're not on Facebook, here's how it works. You set up a profile page with details about yourself and then decide who gets to see it. Friends use their pages to share personal news, exchange photos, team up on political causes, or just play long-distance Scrabble. It can be a useful tool or an addictive waste of time. Facebook was a complete game changer and continued to grow. It wasn't long before Reddit joined the social media world in 2005. Along came Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and many other social platforms. This made the internet more fun, intriguing, and addictive, but later on there was just a dramatic shift, a 360-degree turn from normality. The internet became an ecosystem consisting of misinformation, cyberbullying, unrealistic beauty standards, and many, many mental health issues. 
social media really does bring you down like it really sucks how social media works out now this is natalie morani senior here at klein Kane high school she's also the president of hola club formerly known as the hispanic organization of the leaders of america i interviewed her for this episode because i know my mom told me how her, her like um her like time back then social media was a nice place to be in. Um, it was not as bad as it seems today. Do you think the toxic energy on social media has encouraged more people to join or has starting to drive more people away from the apps? I want to say away because I know other people have deleted social media because of all this toxicity going out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I would like to say it's, it's causing them trouble. Yes. Uh, what do you think others can do to make social media a more positive and uplifting place? I would say, of course, being positive, not judging people, because it really sucks how there's so many negative stuff out there, bullies and so much more of that, like people bringing out their insecurities, body shaming, and it's really ugly. There's positive stuff going out there like oh my god girl like I wish you have a nice day today even those little stuff brings up with people like it makes their day so much better as millions of people continue joining the internet and social media misinformation has become more common and circulates fast do you think uh, misinformation is a problem and if so has it become harder to combat um, than in the 90s when we had dial-up internet Yeah. um, So misinformation, meaning, you know, false and misleading information, uh, it's definitely a problem. This is Craig Silverman, a reporter at ProPublica who covers voting, disinformation, and online manipulation. I interviewed him as well for this episode. And to a certain extent, it's always been a problem. We've always had false and misleading information spreading. It spreads from person to person as rumors. It spreads sometimes from large media organizations when they, you know, mistakenly get stuff wrong or when sometimes there's a particular agenda. Uh, false misleading information comes from governments and from corporations and, you know, wide, a wide array of institutions and people in society. So it's always been a problem. And how has it changed since the 90s? Well, I think the biggest thing is just it's so easy to get something that is false or misleading to spread very quickly. Um, and reach a large number of people. And, you know, social media has been probably, you know, the biggest factor in changing the dynamics of our information environment. When we had, you know, the web in the 90s, you could, anyone could publish, and that was great. It decentralized things. You could have more voices. Anybody, you know, with certain technical skills could, you know, publish something. But with social media, I mean, the bar to be able to publish something is so low because anybody can put something out there on a, on a network like Facebook where there's you know billions of people. But on top of that, the ability to actually get an audience for it is really transformationally different in the sense mm-hmm. that before, you know, if I spoke to a few people, it might start to spread a little bit. Uh, before, uh, if I was you know running my own website, you know, maybe some people read it, but probably not going to get very big. Whereas with social media, if you have something that just hits the right note for the right amount of people and suddenly it starts spreading quickly. Well, then there's also, you know, the systems they built, the algorithms might see that and say, hey, this this piece of information is, this post is spreading well among these people. Maybe we should show it to more people. And suddenly mm-hmm. 
it can go from you having just a few dozen friends or a few hundred friends and would see what you posted if it's public, it could easily reach millions of people in the span of a few hours. And that is completely different. Um, and so the dynamics of the information environment and different and where it applies to misinformation is, I think today we see people who have realized the power of false misleading information and they use it for political ends. They use it to make money. They use it to influence people in different ways. And they understand how powerful this interconnected environment is. So they are exploiting these networks. They are exploiting you know, people's biases and emotions to get this stuff to spread really quickly. And that's, that's been a really big difference of the kind of information that maybe has always been there. Today, it can reach more people faster than ever before. Does the idea that in the modern iteration, misinformation can reach people faster than ever before, um, is that from your viewpoint, and as you've reported on this multiple times, uh, does that seem more scarier when you think about it in terms of societies around the world? Well, there's no question that it, it's a classic kind of double-edged sword in the sense that being able to get information to a lot of people quickly it can be a, a wonderful and powerful thing. Uh, if there is a natural disaster occurring, if there is a hurricane or an earthquake, and you can actually alert millions of people in the path of the hurricane really quickly, mm -hmm. well, that's really powerful. That's great. I mean, being able to send a notification to maybe millions of smartphones of people you know are in the area, you can see how this stuff can be applied in really helpful ways, right? Um, or in a conflict zone where people are getting information you know, to stay away from, from where there's a firefight. But of course, you know, the other side of it uh, is, is that this can also cause harm. People who weaponize the ability to spread information really quickly and who also understand the kind of the psychology of how humans process information, stuff that aligns with what we already believe, that aligns with, you know, our identity and, and how we see the world, we are more inclined to, to take in, to believe, to reshare. And if you can feed on people's biases, their fears and those kinds of things, you can see how that can be weaponized. I ask Natalie Moran the same question. Do you think that uh, misinformation is a problem on social media? Oh, yes, 100%. Um, it really sucks. And one big problem of misunderstanding is how a lot of people be putting fake stuff out there. Like, it's really a trap. Like many teens noticing the toxicity on social media, Natalie was going through a tough time in her life as well. So this caused her to actually take a step further and actually delete social media from her phone completely. So why did you decide to delete social media from your phone? Uh, well, I was really doing bad at school. I started off really bad. I was failing all my classes. My lowest grade was actually a zero on English. It was really bad. Um, wow. I wasn't doing good in my family. I was basically, I was a bad kid. And um, my mom told me that I should do therapy. If I wanted to try therapy. And I thought about it. And I was like, I really want to change the way I am. Because this is not my usual me. I'm more happy. I am a good student. I want to try this out. And I started going to therapy. And therapy... One session in my therapy recommended me to delete social media, and I gave it a thought and ended up actually deleting all my social media. It was really hard um, to live without social media for like the first month. It was really hard, hmm. but eventually I kind of started getting the hang of it, and it got pretty easy to like just focus on myself and do better, push myself out instead of just being on social media. 
if there were any uh, changes or regulations to these apps, uh, could you see yourself in the future potentially getting back online? I would say yeah, 100%. Like, um, I have noticed that some kind of do like, be like, mm, what if I download social media again? But then I'll be like, no, I've been doing so good without it. And I do not want to bring myself down again. No. So I would say, yeah, if more positive stuff started going on, um, I would think about it. Yeah. I'd like to thank my guests, Craig Silverman, ProPublica reporter, and also Natalie Moran, Klein Kane High School student. Thank you both for coming on the show, and also thank all of you for listening to the very first episode of In the Noun, covering misinformation and social media. I'm your host, Jeremiah Patterson. Remember to stay safe, stay positive, and take care. Thank you again for listening to this very special episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. I hope you enjoyed this special. Um, This project here is actually going to be a part of a larger situation here on the Jeremiah Patterson Show, Um, part of larger reporting as we discuss Facebook and its internal um, conflict right now as they have just changed their name to actually Metaverse, uh, but the actual app is still called Facebook. Um, A lot is happening right now, so we're going to be covering this and a lot more here on the Jeremiah Patterson Show. Thank you for listening. New episodes will be out very, very soon. Have a great day. Remember to stay positive and inspired and take care.